If you go through a design process, by the time you get to the end and you develop a product, making any significant change to that is not only nearly impossible, it's often very costly. A lot of people, when they go to a new location, they buy one of the travel guides to that country. And ideas that are all centered or framed with the goal of supporting identity development. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, educators and innovators, welcome to the electrifying season three of ISSEDU Learn. Ask me anything with your dynamic host, Mike P and Dana. We're not just here to make waves, we're here to ride the tidal waves of your incredible support to the 21,000 strong downloaders and listeners who joined us on this incredible journey. We tip our hats to you. Your unwavering enthusiasm and active engagement fuels the very heartbeat of our mission. This season, we're not holding back. We're unleashing a tsunami of valuable insights, strategies, and practical wisdom that will effortlessly weave into the tapestry of your educational institutions. Whether you're ready to implement change today or set sail on a journey of profound exploration, trust us, we got you covered. For the inside scoop of upcoming events and certification opportunities that rock your world, point your browsers to iss.edu slash events. Are you ready to ride the podcast wave of a lifetime? Mike P and Dana are here to make it happen. Let the learning adventures begin. ISSEDU Learn, Ask Me Anything, Season 3. Dive in. Hello, educators and change makers. It's a pleasure to welcome you to another exciting episode of EDU Learn, Ask Me Anything, proudly presented by ISS EDU. I'm your host, Mike P, the educator's best friend. And joining me today is our is my co-host, Dr. Dana Speckerwatt, who serves as the Director of Learning Research and Outreach at ISS. Dana, how are you today? Doing great. It's a beautiful fall day here in Princeton, New Jersey. Very well. And we also have Molly Faye, who serves as the voice of the audience. Molly Faye is the customer support and technology coordinator here at ISS. Molly Faye, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's also a beautiful day here in Quito, Ecuador. So got some good weather going around. Very nice. And I hope to you listeners that you have good weather around you as well. We're thrilled to have you back with us this season three, episode 11 of our podcast. Your unwavering support warms our heart as usual. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a thumbs up and share your thoughts and review on your preferred platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, many more. Our mission is clear to equip you with valuable insights and practical strategies for your educational institutions. So you can stay in the loop for any upcoming virtual events and certifications that we have by visiting iss.edu slash events. And if you're on the lookout for our new career opportunities, we also have virtual and in-person job fairs. And without further ado, we're going to go ahead and dive in deep into today's conversation. And today, the person that we have the privilege of hosting with us is Ernie Bieber. But he told me that he's not related to Justin Bieber, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Ernie has recently shared his wealth of knowledge and expertise through a course on the EDU platform. The course had delved into what it means to be a leader in the fast-paced and diverse world of international education. Our discussion today centers around leadership your way. And before we get started on the actual topic, I'll just let Ernie go ahead and let us know how he's not related to Justin Bieber. How does he know that? And also <laughs> how he's doing today. 
and also your background in international education. And also, what do you do for us at ISS EDU? I mean, at ISS. Great. Well, it's it's great to be here. Nice to see you guys. Although I know this is an audio, but I I get a visual presentation as well, which is nice. <laughs> so uh, I'm speaking to you just north of New York City in Westchester, and. It's funny you ask about uh, Justin Bieber, because when I was running schools, and I'll talk about that in a minute, I would always do a, a quiz with parents. So when we did our orientations, true or false quiz. And one of the questions was always the director is or is not related to Justin Bieber. Usually about 50% thought I was, 50 thought I was not. To some, it's a disappointment that I'm not related to some, the reverse. So depends on your outlook. But no, sorry, not related to Justin Bieber. As far as uh, my background goes, I'm most recently, before working with ISS, the uh, former director of the International School of Prague, where I was privileged to serve for 13 years. And previous to that, director of the American International School of Bucharest in Romania, and been an international educator for over 30 years. We've got an international family. My wife's a Brit. Our kids were born in Caracas, Venezuela. So we've worked uh, and lived all over the world. And I'm a native New Yorker, so born in Brooklyn. So happy to be back in this part of the world near our kids. We're both in the city. Thanks so much, Ernie. Now, Ernie. By the way, sorry, just for a correction. Yeah, go for it. This is a funny thing. When I was working in schools and I worked with the little ones, they would always call me Ernie, not Arnie. Ernie as in Sesame Street Ernie. But in fact, it's Arnie with an A. Arnie. That's it. I got it. All right. <laughs> Arnie. You can call so, me Ernie too, Mike. No it's problem. My, it's my second language. And fun fact, I used to work at Sesame Street. So Ernie just comes. Naturally. Exactly. I was going to say his previous job was working at Sesame Street. So I, I was can, like. I can relate. Molly and I are trying to send him messages. We're like, no, different one, different one. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I, I don't take any offense whatsoever. As I said, the little ones would always call me Ernie because they couldn't say Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie, outside of the challenges of maybe pronunciation of your name, <laughs> we just want to have an understanding in the importance of leadership in international schools and also any type of unique challenges and opportunities that comes along with that. If you just could speak broadly on that. Sure, absolutely. Leadership is such an important topic. First thing I will say uh, in the international school context, or even more broadly, this sounds like a cliche, but everyone is a leader and can be a leader. Uh, and it, those aren't just words. The, the reality is that everyone has their own area of expertise. Everyone has skills that are unique to them. And at the right moment, they can share those skills with uh, the organization and the people that they work with. So leadership is crucial at all levels in international schools, whether it's a formal title or informal, people are always and should be encouraged to take leadership roles. And then the big question that is often asked, and when I'm working with candidates, uh, and by the way, you asked me about my current role at ISS, so I'll, I'm involved with uh, leadership recruitment usually for heads of school or uh, principals or other administrators for international schools around the world. 
one of the topics we always talk about is what people believe about leadership. And there's lots of different books and theories written about leadership. There are different styles of leadership. Sometimes people say, I'm a distributive leader, or I'm a servant leader, or I'm a collaborative leader. And all of those are true. And the reality is that leadership takes on different roles, depending on the context. And so sometimes a leader might have to be very, let's call it autocratic, where they're basically saying, do this, we need to do this. That usually happens in a situation where there's an emergency or something very urgently occurs. There isn't time to have a collaborative consensus building kind of process. That should be a rarity. If a leader is doing that every day, I would be very concerned. Having that in your toolkit is important, but it should be used rarely. So there are different forms of leadership and different levels of leadership, but everyone is involved in leadership. I would say broadly, working in an international school, the place to start is to look at the mission, the vision, and the values of the school. That should be the driver for everything that happens in the school and certainly around leadership. The focus is always on the kids and kids' learning. So any decision that leaders make should always go back to what's in the best interest of kids and what's in the best interest of learners, not what's in the best interest of adults. Although that mm-hmm. in a sense, if it's in the best interest of kids, it's in the best interest of the adults as well. But the guiding force should be the mission of the school. In my last school, we had a simple uh, mission. It was to inspire, engage, and empower learners. And everything that we did in the school had to be aligned to those concepts. And we, of course, unpacked and explained those concepts. But whatever decision we made in the school was connected to the mission of the school. And then, depending where you are in a school, if you're a teacher, you're a leader, right? You're leading. For one thing, you're working with kids. So you're in a leadership guidance coaching role right there, working with your colleagues, you're on committees, you're working uh, in different for different initiatives and so on. And so there's lots of different opportunities to take a leadership role. But focusing on the vision and mission of the school is important. Having a vision for the future so that people know where you're expecting them or asking them to go. And then building a shared vision is extremely important. It's not enough to say, let's go there. There has to be a sense of shared vision. That means each individual needs to have their own personal vision that matches the vision of the school. And it's the job of the leader to facilitate that thinking and to explain why the school is doing what it is doing, why the school's mission is what it is, and why everyone involved in the school is helping to lead that forward. Are you an educator looking to elevate your career? Consider Moreland University, your gateway to success in international schools. They offer fully online programs with flexible start dates and affordable tuition rates, allowing you to balance work and personal life. Moreland University isn't your typical institution. Say goodbye to dull lectures and hello to engaging, interactive learning with passionate educators like yourself. It's a hands-on education that sparks creativity and prepares you for the real-world challenges. With Moreland University, you can earn a prestigious U.S. teaching certification or a master's degree in education from anywhere in the world. Their programs are designed to empower you to become a leader in your field. Don't wait. 
take your steps forward, transforming your career today. Visit www.moreland.edu and apply now. Let Moreland University help you make a difference in student lives worldwide, one classroom at a time. Your journey to becoming an exceptional educator starts with Moreland University. A brighter future begins with you. Ernie, I have a question. So when we talk about leadership within the international school community, can you talk to us a little bit about ways you can develop internal leadership? So we're building leaders from within. And then how do you know when to hire from the outside? And how do you know when's the right time to hire internally and build that relationship and that leadership capacity within? That's a great question. And there's, that's a multifaceted question. And actually, when for the uh, workshop we'll be doing tomorrow, one of the things I like to talk about is what I call the three domains of leadership. One is the reflective domain, how I look at myself, understanding my own skill set and abilities. The other one is the relational domain. How do I interact and what skills do I bring to bear to interact with others? And then finally is the systemic domain, the idea that to be a systems thinker, to be able to facilitate systems so that the organization and the people working in the organization can work well and can work smoothly and efficiently. So that's the first part of your question. It's a building, thinking about yourself in those three areas. What are my skill sets in those three areas? And whether or not I have a formal position, how can I bring those to bear? How can I demonstrate my leadership capacity? Generally, people become formal leaders by being good informal leaders. So you start by being a good informal, informal in the sense that I don't have a title, but I'm clearly taking a leadership role. I'm working with a group on let's say, curriculum development or some newish initiative in the school. What role am I taking with this group? Have I demonstrated my collaborative capacities? Have I demonstrated my leadership capacities in that group? Over time, let's call it the powers that be, will take notice. And so then when you want to put yourself forward for a more formal position, heading a department, or taking on other formalistic kinds of roles, you'll have a track record that you can point to. Generally, people get promoted from within when they've proven themselves and they've shown the, the ambition to be a leader. You may be tapped on the shoulder to do something, but that would only happen if you're actually demonstrating that you can do it. And then as far as hiring people from without or within, I always tell candidates that before you, someone was a principal, they weren't a principal. Before they were a director, they were not a director. Whatever position you have, there was a time when you didn't have that role. So there's always that gap between where you were and how you got to that point. So that leap always has to be made. There are benefits about moving up from within. So for example, let's say you're an assistant principal in a school and there's an opening to become a principal, you've proven yourself as an assistant principal or an associate principal, whatever the term is, and you've demonstrated that. And so you've decided to put yourself forward within the school. And I always encourage candidates to go for it. There's absolutely nothing to lose and really only to gain because you learn by putting yourself forward in the organization. And again, if you don't succeed the first time, you're a known entity that clearly has made the effort. And then the next time you can succeed and get that position internally. 
the challenge about growing internally or being promoted internally is that you're known, you're typecast as one kind of person and you have a certain relationship. So for example, if you were a teacher, you've got all these teacher colleagues and relationships with your peers, and then you're promoted to become, let's say, an AP or an associate principal or a principal. Suddenly, your relationships change from one day to the next. You have a certain reality and power, if you will, and make decision-making that impacts people that you didn't have the day before. And some of those friendships can suddenly change because you suddenly have a, a different power differential between the people that you were working with and are working with moving forward. So there, there are risks associated with that, and you have to handle that well. The advantage of bringing in an external person is that they have more of a clean slate than the person coming moving up internally. And so you have to look at the context. Sometimes there isn't the right internal candidate, or sometimes because of the situation in the school at that moment, it feels like it makes more sense to bring an external person in. However, I will very quickly say that I can't imagine a search for a new position that didn't open it up for internal candidates, because you want to have a transparent process in bringing on leadership into the school, and that should include the internal community. That doesn't mean that an internal candidate has a leg up and would get the position, but they should be given the opportunity. So I don't know if that answers every, the parts of your question, Dana. It looks like it did. <laughs> yeah, very well. Thank you. Sure. No. You want to go for it, Molly Faye? Sure. Arnie, sometimes people have follow-up questions from sessions, and this is a follow-up question from previous session that you held for us. They mentioned developing key leadership skills, such as emotional intelligence, strategic thinking, communication, and adaptability is very important. How can leaders adapt to change and when is it the proper time to adapt? As an educational professional, you likely understand the positive and crucial role inclusion has on classroom culture. And you might be on the lookout for a community of like-minded educators. Senya International is that community. Senya is a nonprofit organization that advocates for individuals with disabilities and promotes inclusive educational practices across the globe. With a network of educators, families, students, and professionals, Senya offers connection, professional learning, and support for educators like you. Connect with the Senya community via our membership program or a local chapter in your area. Enjoy professional learning with the Senya community via our podcasts, online certification program, and in-person or virtual conferences. Support Senya through our sponsorships, awards, and scholarship program. So, what are you waiting for? For more information, head to our website, senyainternational.org. That's S-E-N-I-A international.org. And together, we continue to make a difference and fulfill our vision of living in an inclusive world. Great question. And I, my first glib answer will be always, we have to continually be adaptable. We need to be agile and we need to be able to change. And change has to be part of our mindset. We have to have that the term we use, growth mindset, that one can make the effort to make those changes and that learning is all about change and that what worked a year or two ago doesn't necessarily work anymore. 
looking at the world of today, uh, looking at AI, for example, and that's a big conversation uh, in the world of education. What's the role of AI that didn't exist in the way it does now a year ago? And so adaptability and agility as an educator and as a leader is extremely important. And international schools are highly diverse. There's so many different cultures represented, religions, national groupings, ethnicities, gendered, so many different areas that you have diversity. And when you're interacting with that diversity, if you are not adaptable, if you're not uh, able to adjust according to the context and the person you're speaking with and working with, you will fall, you will fail in that sense. And so it's important to be able to have that open mindset about change and about differences in the community, and then train yourself to keep being able to shift. You're not shifting away from your, your true self. You want to be your authentic self. That should be the, the uh, foundation, regardless of who you're interacting with, regardless of how you need to adapt. You need to be true to yourself and be authentic. But at the same time, it's really using that muscle, that adaptability muscle, when you're working in different situations and not uh, get stuck. And so it's one way of looking at is that change is the new normal in the sense that that's constantly has to happen. There's a quote I love by Alvin Toffler, and I'll see if I can remember it. The illiterate of the 21st century will the person who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. And that was written in the 1970s, but it's truer now than it ever, has ever been before. Everyone needs to be able to learn, unlearn, and relearn all the time. Thanks a lot for that, Arnie. Now I have another question that goes, that kind of follows up on that. We spoke a lot about adaptability. Sure, not every leader has that adaptation skill set inside of them. So I wanted you to just briefly, I guess, just explain to the listeners the different types of leadership styles that there are and maybe a resource as to like, how can I find out which one I am? Sure. In fact, that's definitely something we're going to talk about tomorrow as well. And the, the truth is there's, there's a lot more than one leadership style, and it depends who you talk to. There's been a lot of research connected to that. One of the sort of go-to people is uh, Daniel Goleman, who was a university researcher. He's still very much around. And he talked a lot about leadership styles. And based on his research, he broke it down into six major styles. But as I said earlier, there are so many different approaches to leadership styles, but it's a useful kind of overview. And then there are lots of subcategories that are connected with Goleman's styles. So briefly, the six styles, remember I mentioned the autocratic style? He calls that the commanding style. And the commanding style is where the leader says, do as I say, essentially. And as I mentioned, there are reasons for why that has to happen. Do what I tell you. And that requires immediate compliance. There is something he calls a visionary leader. And that's where you're mobilizing people towards a vision. And I mentioned the whole idea of uh, mission and vision in schools. And Goleman speaks about that person saying, come with me. So the idea is that he brings along or she brings along the community towards a certain vision. There's the affiliative leader who is looking to create harmony and build 
emotional bonds. And that person sees people coming first. And so, again, an important skill set. And you'll notice that there is, if someone says, I'm a visionary leader, I'm a commanding leader, in a sense, there's a problem because all of those skills are needed in different contexts. There's the democratic leader who forges consensus uh, by creating lots of participatory opportunities. There's the pace setting leader who is setting high standards and rolls up his or her sleeves and does it themselves so that other people will join in. And then finally, there's the coaching leader who is developing people for the future. And that person's phrase is try this. So Goldman, as I said, speaks about those kinds of different leadership styles. There are many, many others that fall below that, but that's a good categorization of what leadership looks like. He was speaking originally about different kinds of organization, business, companies, but it applies equally to schools. And if a listener wanted to know, like, maybe take a quiz of sorts or a tool, do you have any tool of sorts to know which one, where they land? Do you have anything of that? I know those exist. I don't have that resource right with me, okay. but there are That's definitely fine. tools. In the workshop, what I do is ask the participants to talk to each other about what is their leadership style. The questions I would ask is, what do you think is the leadership style that's most closely associated with you? And then what leadership style do you think you need to develop? And so, uh, as I said, there really isn't one right or wrong answer. A lot of it is contextual, but there are definitely resources connected with Goldman's leadership styles. Thanks so much, Arnie. As we come towards the end of our episode here, I don't know if Dana or Molly Faye had any last leadership questions for Arnie here. Speak now or forever. Hold your truth, please. Hi, everyone. This is Aaron Moniz, one of the co-founders of Inspire Citizens. My name is Scott Jameson, and I'm the Global Collaborations Lead for Inspire Citizens. We help inspire schools to live their mission of global citizenship. We look at existing units through the lens of empathy to impact and connect student learning with themes like sustainable development, harmony with nature, social justice, and the holistic well-being of our community. We also work with students to co-design student leadership programs. Another way that we support educators is through our Global Citizenship Certificate in partnership with ISS. This certificate program involves best practice resources for global citizenship education, interactive opportunities to engage with other cohort members, a great team of coaches to walk you through your learning, and optional opportunities to connect via seminars with other participants from around the world. Please visit inspirecitizens.org and click on the Inspire Educators tab to register for the Global Citizenship Certificate, visit the ISS website, or go to the ISS EduLearn Passport to register today. At Inspire Citizens, we believe that the young people in our schools have the potential to lead change and inspire others through their work towards a more sustainable future. We look forward to working with you, and we hope that together, our resources and your contacts can help to create a more harmonious future. I was curious, Arnie, because you're so well-traveled, you've experienced a lot of the world. Have you found any leadership styles that are more prominent in different regions that people should work on developing if they're focused on wanting to go to Asia, South America, et cetera? 
What an interesting question that is. I think it's a little bit dangerous or tricky to try to put a whole region and connect that to a particular style. There are definitely certain things I could say about certain regions. I'd probably be careful not to, (laughs) but because they become typecast. Some regions are considered more pressurized when it comes to the expectations of staff, faculty, and kids. More grade-oriented, more university uh, admissions-oriented, more performance, in quotes, academically performance-oriented. Others, less so. So I wouldn't categorize a particular region and associate it with a style because within every region, each school has its own different environment and way of being and uh, personality. But I would say that there are certain styles that are seen as positive and people look for in a leader. Generally, the leader who is coaching, who is collaborative, who is seeking to bring people together and is not autocratic is a much more not only attractive kind of leader to school communities, but also, frankly, in the long run, gets the most done. Because if you don't work closely with colleagues in the community and do it collaboratively, you're going to be on your own. And even if you, if uh, an autocratic leader orders the community or the teachers to do something in a certain way, their attitude is, all right, I'll go ahead and do it, but this too shall pass. And when this leader leaves, we'll go back to what we were doing before. One of the biggest pieces of evidence for a very effective leader is that after that leader moves on, are the things that this person led with others and instituted, do they still exist? If they all disappeared with the leader, that wasn't a terribly effective leader. I love that part because the sustainability is so important in international schools. It can't be teacher or leader dependent. And there's so much transitions in our schools. And so really creating programs and systems and structures that are sustainable makes such a huge difference. Excellent insight, Arnie. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. And I think that point is really well taken. International schools are constantly in transition. We're talking about adaptability. How could you not be adaptable if 20% of your population comes and goes every year? So that sustainability, how do you create systems that will be there for the long term, not just while you're you're in charge, if you will? Now, what, one last question that I have is, now, is this leadership style based or dependent on the vision of a school or organization? I don't think so, okay. uh, because ultimately, the uh, mission or the vision of the school has to be implemented. And the style is more dependent on what is happening in the school. What are the needs? What kind of change needs to happen? How can the school be moved forward? So in a sense, regardless of the mission, those things need to happen. Mm-hmm. And the style is more dependent on the context versus the mission of the school, in my opinion. Thank you for that, Arnie. Sure. Now we're at the end of the show. Do you have... Uh... Any last resources that you want to give out to our listeners or let them know where they can reach you on any social media or email that you have? Sure. Well, firstly, if I just make a plug, the fact that I do a lot of writing about educational issues and leadership, then go to arniebieber.com for that. Lots of, I've been blogging for about 12 years, writing about change in education and the future of education 
that's my big interest is leadership and the future of education and how do we change. My most recent articles are about AI, not surprisingly, and the role of AI in education. That article is called, If the Genie is Out of the Bottle, We Might as Well Make Three Wishes. And the idea behind that being, if this is a reality, how do we embrace it? How do we engage with it? How do we use it responsibly? So that's certainly one resource that has lots of other resources. There are a ton of, of resources around leadership. One of the people that I very much look up to is uh, someone named Peter Senge, who wrote the book, The Fifth Discipline. If you go look for him, there's a lot of writings about effective organizations and the role of leadership. And many, many, I think the challenges, I mentioned Daniel Golden, the challenge is there are so many different resources available, but maybe those are a few that can be helpful. Thank you so much, Arnie, for your time today. Dana, Molly, any last words? Thank you so oh, much, Arnie. For... Yeah. No, Thanks, right. Arnie. This is awesome. A real pleasure. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure having you on our episode today on EDU Learn. Ask me anything. Thanks again. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you found this episode inspiring, informative, please share the episode with your friends and also hit the subscribe and hit the like button. Stay tuned for any upcoming episodes that we have. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep making a positive impact in the world of education. Farewell, my fellow educators. Bye-bye.